Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen of the Rise Together podcast listener audience. This is Dave Hollis. I am here without Rachel today because I'm going to talk about something that I'm not sure she has as much insight into. We did a one-person survey. Hey, Dave, could you tell me what do men want? Uh, look, I'm not a proxy for all of male kind. I am uh, a, a single human man, but I do have, from my perspective, the things that I hope that Rachel, in hearing this, might know so that as we have this ambition for an exceptional relationship, uh, her knowing these things as a priority for me might allow us to take steps toward an even better relationship over time. If you're listening to this with your partner, if you're listening separately, I would encourage you Take a second after I've gone through the things that I think as a party of one human on this planet are important to men, what men really want in a relationship, and have a conversation with the person you're trying to be in exceptional relationship with to find out if these things resonate or if I'm completely crazy and this is a completely unique to me, Dave Hollis kind of thing. Uh, my hope would be that in me sharing a little of what I think I want in a relationship with Rachel Hollis, it might provoke a good conversation about what you might want as the man in a relationship. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. The first thing that men want, men want to be respected. Men uh, really, I think there's a lot of ego wrapped in a lot of the things that I wrote down, but uh, we're a fragile being, we men, uh, as much as we never would like to necessarily confess to the fact that ego drives a lot of what it is that we want or need in life, the reality is we we really want to be respected in a relationship. And, and in large part, we want to be respected because men feel respect as love. The, the feeling that you respect us as a partner, the feeling that you respect the role that we play for our family, the, the respect that you assign to the work that we do outside of the house, those are ways that we interpret and process your affection for us, your love for us. So if you're able, as the partner to a man in a relationship, to demonstrate your faith in your man's capabilities with your actions, the, the way that you appreciate his thinking with your words, or the way that you might affirm the, the, the smartness in how he approached and solved a problem, those are ways that he is going to feel respected in the relationship and ultimately uh, also feel loved. Uh, you know, like for me, the times when Rachel's been able to pause our life and tell me 
in a super sincere kind of way that she has an appreciation for the contribution that I make to this relationship, that she has uh, assigned value to the way that I was able to figure that thing out, the way that I was able to show up well for one of my sons or for Noah. Those times are times where, man, I feel seen and in, in, in feeling seen in that capacity, feel that respect. Um, you know, there's there's been times definitely where being second guessed about even a small thing, a trivial thing, a thing that doesn't actually matter that much in our relationship, like uh, I go to the grocery store, I pick up the wrong kind of pepper, uh, not like sprinkle pepper, but like grows out of a ground. I don't know. Do peppers grow in the ground? It doesn't matter. I got a red pepper instead of a green pepper and was given a little bit of grief about the, 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 you know, picking up the wrong pepper. I'm, I'm driving. I listen to Waze and Waze decides to take me on what we call a Dave cut, which is the longest way possible to get from point A to point B, uh, like belittling that small thing in a weird way in our relationship has sometimes had the effect of me wondering if there are other things that there is less confidence in or less faith in and ultimately undermines a little bit of how I might feel respected in this relationship because I made a silly, stupid mistake, because I did this thing this one time, because I went to the store and grabbed the wrong darn pepper. Dang it, green pepper, get in my basket. Um, those little things can sometimes become for men when we're like in the privacy of our own heads and can acknowledge that, yep, we get insecure about things too. An indicator of the possibility that when it comes to bigger topics where the wisdom that we might have, the judgment that we might have can be questioned, uh, we might decide that it's being questioned on small things and applied then to some of the big things. There's a lot of weight that is applied in the respect department to wisdom and to judgment. It doesn't mean you can't disagree. I, I, I want to be clear on that because disagreeing is an important part of relationship too and finding the right way to do it. But the areas where I've been most sensitive in our relationship were the times when my wisdom or my judgment on a topic was the subject of conversation. So if you're looking for places inside of this men want respect bucket that you might have to be a little extra sensitive to because of the ego implications of questioning, anytime it's around wisdom or judgment or the bigger ticket, what does it mean for me as a man to have this thing questioned? This is a place where I think you gotta spend a little bit of time too. Another, I mean, I have been prone to, over time, anything that could provoke a feeling of shame, anything that could provoke a feeling of inferiority when I'm challenged, uh, all ties back into respect. Uh, shame's a, a, an interesting one, because I think there's a way that we in relationship can sometimes provoke a shame response or have the person we're in relationship with feel shame just with tone, just with timing, right? When you are in the heat of something and you're 
defensive, like your, your, your defense mechanism is to come back and hit them where you know it's going to hurt them. That, right? Those are usually the times when you end up putting somebody into a position of having to feel shame. You get like a little short-term win. Yay, I deflected the thing I was dealing with at the expense of really hurting the feelings of and creating a shame experience for the partner that I have. The shame to me is a um, counter to the conversation around respect. The more that you can be conscientious of the possibility of the thing that you might be talking about, bringing shame anywhere near your conversation, um, is, is someone who is really, really thinking about how to preserve respect as a part of their relationship. Uh, on the simpler side of things, uh, respect has also for me shown up when it comes to a respect for my time or a respect for my space. Um, we've really gotten into and talked uh, a bit about the idea of pre-planning or front-loading how we're approaching a week or how we're approaching the kind of more menial tasks in our everyday existence. Who's picking up the kids? Who's taking them to this sporting event? Who's going to be the designated parents at the dentist appointment? Making those decisions in advance of the time when they are actually happening has really been an attempt for, uh, for each of us to really be respectful of what the calendar will afford our being available. When you're on a Wednesday in the middle of a meeting and you get a call from your partner asking if you can go take care of a thing 45 minutes from then that you were not previously aware of, you are without maybe even intending it. And even if the question was asked in the very nicest way, you are unintentionally asking them to do something that is a signal of your not having as much respect necessarily for their time. And this goes both ways in relationships. Certainly it goes as much for women in relationship with men as men in relationship with women or anyone in relationship, frankly. But being conscientious of the unintended feeling that, oh, you're asking me to do this is being received by me, though it may be unintended, as you not having respect for the things on my calendar, not having valued them in the same way that you valued whatever you're doing that makes you unavailable to do the thing at this time. So we get way ahead of it because that is a show and sign of respect and it eliminates the possibility that those last minute things can be misinterpreted as uh, either of us not respecting one another's time. Um, and, the, and the last thing I'd say on respect, showing appreciation, showing a gratitude for the way that you are when you are intentionally showing up for the relationship uh, is a big one because, you know, it's it comes back to the ego thing. But wanting to be seen, needing to be seen, like wanting the recognition of the kind of contribution that we're making or the way that we're attempting to have a more meaningful uh, you know, connection with you in the relationship or for the children, if there are children, um, it takes two seconds. It's so fast and easy to make a quick call or send a quick text or write a quick note. I, I, I write every day in my Start Today journal that I am an exceptional husband who pursues his wife every day. And I write it in that way every day as a trigger 
to remind myself where I can find those moments in the day to show my appreciation for the way my wife is showing up in our relationship. That is my attempt to show that I respect the way that she's come into and been in this community of two with me. If you are partnered with a man, just because he may be gruff, just because he can grow a full beard, just because right he maybe grew up inside of a masculinity that suggested that he didn't need as much of you know the being seen thing, don't believe that. Don't believe those lies. Guys need to feel that sense of appreciation and be seen uh, just as much as you as the women or uh, you know any partner, again, in a relationship needs to be seen. So um, showing respect uh, in the form of appreciation is a simple, easy thing that um, if you don't think you're going to remember to do it, set a reminder in your phone. Frankly, it takes some of the spontaneity away from it and don't tell Rachel, but I use the calendar and my alarm on my phone to prompt me to do a quick appreciation moment a couple of times a day. And we have a great relationship as a result of that. I mean, we make out a lot of times after I've told her that I appreciate her during the day. So um, number one, what do men want? They want to be respected. Number two, what do men want? What does this man want? This man wants to be Rachel Hollis's hero. I want to Clark Kent my way through my day for her. I want to pull open my shirt, have the S underneath this denim shirt that I'm wearing today, and show up in a way that has her swoon a little at my ability to take care of and be a hero for the things that she has going on in her life. And my guess is your man probably is interested in doing a little bit of that hero work himself. There's a reason why this dang Avengers Endgame is doing so well. Heroes are cool. There is something about being able to be that version of you know what we have assigned value for in the world inside of uh, a relationship and sometimes that'll manifest in little tiny things right like i i know my love language is acts of service i love uh, having people do little things for me as a tangible sign of their affection for me their love for me as a result i tend to show love by doing little acts of service for other people uh, you usually give love the way that you like to receive love. I give love like I like to receive it. My wanting to be a hero is very much a product of how I'd hope for someone to want to be a hero in my life as well. And, you know, like your brand of what a hero is, is probably particular to the person that you're in relationship with. The thing that Rachel needs from me to have me show up as a hero is likely different than what your person needs so if you have this want, if you have this thing that you'd like to be a hero for your partner, you better find out what they need and want. We have a whole episode that we did in this podcast about love languages. I really encourage you to go back and listen to what was one of the best guests we've ever had on this thing, where we talked about the way that people need to receive and give love. If you can get that, it's like getting the answer key to a test. It'll fundamentally change the way that your partner feels like you have been able to see them and show up for them exactly how they need to be seen and shown up for. Number three, we want to be respected. We'd like to be your hero. I'd also like to be praised, y'all. I mean, that's vain. But let's be clear. I'm a little vain sometimes because ego, again, is at the bottom of a whole bunch of these things. 
uh, like getting praise, getting a, a, a little acclaim or recognition. Like I, I mentioned in the respect piece, like showing respect with appreciation. But like this is its own thing because, again, it doesn't take much work. But when you see something that is your husband, your partner, your boyfriend, your man showing up in your relationship, a little tiny bit of positive affirmation is not only going to have a really great effect in terms of him feeling like you, man, are getting him and you love him or you're attracted to him or you want him or all of those things, but also it's likely to produce a result that'll have him wanting to do it more often so that he might get that praise again. We are as a, as a human race, very much a carrot or stick kind of people. Either you, you know, swat someone with the stick to provoke a response or you dangle the carrot to get them to run faster. Praise is a carrot. And I'm just fine if every once in a while Rachel Hollis telling me that I've done a good job has me chasing that carrot for another affirmation when I show up for her well again. So I get it. I want to be praised is a little bit vain, but y'all, we're all just a little bit vain. So get on board, find a way to recognize the contribution of your partner. Your man needs a little praise. Number four, we want to be respected. We want to be your hero. We want to be praised. We also want to find the path of least resistance. I mean, I couldn't just have all these be a little positive. Like if it was too positive, it doesn't feel that real. Let's be real, real. I am interested often in the path of least resistance because I got a busy life. There's a lot of things that are going on. If there's a way for me to find a way to where we're headed faster, if there's a way to do it with a little less effort, if there's a way to get it done in a way that maybe doesn't make it perfect, but makes it close to perfect, I'm going to take that route. I'm going to take that route. Now, <laughs> Sometimes it's going to infuriate your partner, but I'm bringing it up because I think it's real and you as the partner of the person who pursues the path of less resistance, knowing that it's just kind of what men want, maybe allows you every once in a while to approach that path with grace instead of getting angry, instead of calling them names, instead of making a belittling comment, because uh, I do it. It, you know, as a, as a vehicle to potentially free up some time for things that are more worthy of my time. I don't do it so that I can necessarily skate. Now, there's, there's some days where I do it just to skate. But for the most part, I'm doing it because life is freaking busy. There's a lot of plates spinning. I'm going to be honest about it. Sometimes I'm looking for that path of least resistance. If you also identify as this, please have a conversation with your partner. So at least when you get caught going down that less resistant path later, you can say, you know, I, I did tell you. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. All right. Number five, we want to be respected. We'd like to be your hero. We want to be praised. We want to take that path every once in a while of less resistance. Men want to know how you really feel. Like really, really feel. Like, this ain't seventh grade no more. I mean, I, uh, I'm sure there was a time where I was convinced that hearing what I wanted to hear 
was the thing I was actually interested in, but that is not that is not good for the long run. That is not a long-term strategy for an exceptional relationship. I don't want to play guessing games when it comes to what Rachel is thinking, what it is that's bugging her, what it is that I could do to make her feel happier or better, how I could show up better in her life, the way I could get support around her to make her world easier, the the, the way that I could uh, alleviate something that's burdening her, the way that I could put something in her life that would make her happier. I don't want to guess. This is not the game of Clue. I don't want to talk about Colonel Mustard in a pipe. I just want to know what she is thinking. And the good news is we have, after years, I mean years, of worrying about whether or not us being honest and authentic and real with each other might make the other feel uncomfortable or feel uh, have feelings get hurt. We ain't got time for that business. We've just made a habit of having honest and direct conversations such that it never feels weird anymore. Are there moments where you have a little twinge of ego? You got a little twinge of, oh man, that was curt and direct. Oh, you could have maybe used a little different tone or I wish you had picked a little bit of a different time. Of course, but we got too many things to do. We are on a literal mission to change the world. I am raising four human beings who are gonna have that same mission. We gotta go do all these things and wasting time wondering what she's thinking or even maybe more. The times when she's been thinking something but not saying it, all that time has provided is incubation for resent. Incubation for something that is going to go from a small problem to a big problem. Incubation for something that could have been dealt with quickly if we'd addressed it in the moment to something that now has become a bigger issue that is going to really have a chance at making us take two steps backward instead of one step forward. So... Uh, getting these things out in the open. I mean, I have it as a thing I talk about with the team all the time here at the Hollis Company, which is a commitment to truth. And Rachel and I have had that same approach. We're committed to being honest and true. And that includes her telling me what she wants and what's really on her mind and how she really feels. If I know that I've made her upset by having said something, I can actually take action to fix not saying something dumb next time. It doesn't mean that I am 100% of the time going to prevent myself from putting my foot in my mouth because I'm a guy. I will inevitably say something stupid again, but at least I can reduce the frequency. At least I can reduce the probability of it happening next time if I'm armed with the knowledge of what it was that upset her. And the same can be said for what she needs in the relationship, the kind of identity I need to assume best to bring out the either best version of her, best version of our relationship, the kind of support she needs or space she needs or whatever it might be. We become super comfortable with it after a long period, like more than five years worth of time where we did not do a good job talking about it and getting good at talking about it has fundamentally changed the way we connect and are in relationship. What do men want, you ask? Men want to be respected. They want to be your hero. They want to be praised. They want to find a path of less resistance. They want to know how you really feel. Men also want to know that they are accepted as they are. Accepted as they are. Oh, man. This is a big one. 
because if we're honest, most of us men in the earliest stages of pursuing our partners put on a front. We tried to show you this better than normal version of ourselves so that you'd want to make out with us. We were showing up in like the highlight reel version of who we could be, but that was for like 3.4 hours of time during a date. And if you're earlier on in your relationship, you may be struggling a little bit with owning a part of your freak flag holden self. You might be struggling with being super honest about how you really feel about a certain thing. You might be struggling and and the the way that you can connect intimacy is not just about having sex. Intimacy is about emotional connection and that emotional connection avails itself to you when you can be wholly and completely who you are and accepted for that person by the one you're hoping to be accepted by. It's a big, it's a big, big idea. And so um, the, the, the thing that you need, and this is gonna go as much for men uh, in, in relationship as women in relationship, you need to think about how you're reacting to the kind of peeling back of the onion as time in a relationship goes by as something that you can absorb without panic that you can absorb in a way that um, says, hey, I see who you are fully and totally, and I'm here for it. And even if there are parts of it that you're not necessarily um, fully and totally ready to be here for, um, the idea that you might stay in a posture of an open-mindedness so that they feel comfortable to express who they are so that you actually get to know them instead of the optics that they've created instead of the curated version of who they think you want them to be, you could live at that curated level. You just don't get to have a deep, fulfilled, meaningful relationship because you're not actually with that full whole person. You're with the thin layered version of that person that they think you want them to be. Uh, if you truly are interested in exceptional, then you have to be comfortable being you. And what men want in that scenario more than anything is to be accepted as exactly who that person ends up being. You, you know what men want? They want to be respected. They want to be your hero. They want to be praised. They want that path of less resistance here and there. They want to know how you really feel. They want to be accepted as they are. And let's be honest. We want to be found attractive. We want to be wanted. We want to have physical connection. Um, but I think it's more than physical connection. A lot of times I think men get a bad rap for wanting sex. And here's the thing. I mean, I just said sex in like kind of a dirty bird way. I apologize for that. But men do want sex. But here's the thing. Men don't want sex without being wanted. And there have been times in our relationship where Rachel Hollis has, uh, in an attempt to try and satisfy my want for physical intimacy, been a person who was like, you know what, I'm going to break you off a piece. Uh, I'm not really in to this, uh, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll like be here for it if it's a thing that you want. And the headline is, I'm not in to that. I don't want that. I want to be wanted and after having had the affirmation of being wanted, then I'm going to have that sex. 
Gosh, that sounded a little aggressive again. I apologize. There's something about me saying that word that is throwing this whole dang podcast off. But hey, stay with me. The bottom line is being wanted and having sex are two fundamentally different things. If you, in your relationship, are not currently having sex frequently, I will guess that somewhere between the two of you, the wanting each other has found an incongruence. There is an imbalance. One of you may want the other more than the other wants that person back. And guess what? Sometimes it's that the women are more interested and want the man more than the man is interested and wants the woman. Or in same-sex relationships, obviously it's man and man, woman. But the bottom line is it goes every kind of way. And if there is an imbalance, what you might need to jumpstart getting back on that physical intimacy train is finding that want for them. Men want that want. I mean, I know that sounds funny and maybe a little bit strange, but I want to feel wanted. I want to feel the attraction. I want to feel like my wife, my best friend, is interested in uh, pursuing me physically. And, uh, and, and in the absence of that, you know what? Uh, you don't feel as connected in a relationship. You don't get to experience that level of intimacy. Some of that, like uh, the, the kind of counter to that, right? There are times when I am interested in having sex and I pursue that sex and I am turned down and it makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel a, a little embarrassed for having uh, become vulnerable to uh, assert myself in that way. Hey, hello. I'm interested in you. To have it rebuffed in some ways is always uh, received as a bit of rejection, right? So finding the way when, when like the, the thing we're talking about here is men want to be wanted, finding a graceful way to turn down the advances of someone that you are not interested in pursuing is an art that like you could still have them feeling wanted even as you decide to decline their sexual advances. I mean, that's like master level relationship stuff from my perspective, because the times when we've been able to do that for each other in our relationship, we were able to pick right back up the next day when we weren't as tired from having a thousand kids. Uh, finding the right time to give some tips on how your partner could do something in bed better is also an art. I, this sounds to me like really common sensey kind of stuff, but just for the sake of making sure in the men want to be wanted kind of context, if you are experiencing sex that isn't as pleasurable as you'd hope for it to be, giving notes during the performance may not be the best way to show your want for this man. Maybe it works for you, by the way. I just know for me, if I'm in the midst of uh, being physically intimate and I'm also getting a performance review, it just doesn't normally feel awesome. You know, can we save the note session for after this moment by any chance? Uh, so we've gotten really good. We've gotten actually really comfortable having conversations that are about feedback. Hey, I really liked it when you did this. By the way, I didn't love it when you did that. But the timing of that conversation makes 
all the difference in the world, especially when it comes to maintaining the uh, perception of uh, wanting the other person in a way that has them not feeling uh, rejected, insecure, whatever it might be. All right. Men want to be respected. Men want to be your hero. They want to be praised, have the path of less resistance at times. Uh, they want to know what you really are feeling. They want to be accepted as they are. They want to be found attractive or wanted. And we want emotional intimacy. Men want emotional intimacy. Now, some of you are like, no, you don't. And uh, I'm going to challenge you. Uh, I think that all human beings are interested in emotional intimacy. Men, as it turns out, were raised in a culture where certain pieces of emotional intimacy were treated with taboo. Right? They were wrapped in this conversation around masculinity that sometimes did not give permission for us to emote in the way that we might have needed to or might have wanted to. So a lot of times when we find ourselves in a relationship with the one, the person who's our person, the person who's going to bring us to like the best version of ourselves, or that together one and one is going to make three – we find this like safe space in that relationship that might for the first time afford the kind of vulnerability, the ability to have honest conversation, the, the ability to cry, the ability to just be a stinking human. We're not cyborgs for the love of all things that are holy. If you're with the right person and you can emote in that way, the potential to connect the intimacy that comes out of being that that safe spot, especially if you've come out of a lifetime of not necessarily feeling as safe to be as comfortable with your emotions, forget about it. It's fantastic. The, the one note I would make, if you're a person who's not so touchy-feely, you're not so much into emotions, whether you're a man or a woman, and you're in a relationship with a man who's emoting in that way, if you love this person, if you want to be in relationship with this person, if you want to go and have an exceptional relationship with this person, if they emote in that way and you belittle that, if you make fun of that, if you are repelled in any way by that expression of emotion, your relationship is in trouble. It is going to be hard for them to recover. Uh, hard for them to recover in the short term, like, man, they're going to have their feelings hurt, feel kind of like an ass, and probably be a little bit upset with you for having made them feel those things. But hard to recover more in that if you've put them in a place that makes it feel like their emotions aren't uh, allowed, aren't welcome in this relationship, they're not going to actually emote again. And then you're back to that place where you get the shell of instead of the whole version, the, the thin top layer of a person instead of the full person. And then really, what kind of relationship are you actually in? One that does not have any real substance. Uh, and the next is, I'd like to find security in Rachel. Men are interested in security. What is security? You know what security is, right? It's, it's the comfort of knowing. It, it's trust. It's fidelity. It's commitment. Uh, sometimes it's about having walled off drama. It's about maybe having walled off manipulation as a, as a variable that can come in and corrupt the thing that you have with this partner. 
Uh, it's definitely about communication, right? Like the wanting to know what they really feel, being honest inside of a space. Those things happen inside of a secure area. Um, not all of us had uh, the same kind of upbringing. Uh, and especially if you grew up in an environment where security wasn't a thing that you could necessarily count on. The idea of finding security, finding that port in the storm in the relationship that you have um, has even more weight and more value. So um, I want security and Rachel and we have in the trust that we have between each other and the fidelity that we're committed to in the way that we are uh, willing to wade into and have hard conversations that are always going to anchor us to honesty and how we feel um, that creates uh, an impenetrable barrier of trust that is us against the world, which leads us so nicely into the next one. Uh, I want to be respected, a hero, praised. I want that path of least resistance. I want to know how you really feel. Be accepted as I am. I want to be wanted. I'd like emotional intimacy, security, and dang it if I don't need some partnership up in here. Men want partnership. We want a partner, because guess what? This life is hard for one of us to have to try and wage battle against on our own, right? I want a partner who's going to help me not just in one piece of this life, but in every piece of this life, right? I am 100% responsible for my children. Rachel Hollis, 100% responsible for these children. It is not 50-50. We are equally 100% responsible for raising these kids. I am in partnership with her. And that partnership means that sometimes I'm going to be the guy, you know, going to the school performance when Ford's singing Dr. Seuss songs at 11 o'clock on a Thursday. And it means that sometimes she's going to be the one handling bedtime or cooking the dinner on a Tuesday night or being the one who goes to the dentist on a, on a Wednesday. We are both on this level together because we are partners in this relationship. The work of keeping a house a home right? We are partners in that. By the way, we've decided as partners that for the home, we're better dividing and conquering the home. So there are some things that I am better at, that I can do well, that I have um, either experience with or strength for. And there are other things that she's got strengths for, that she's got experience with, and likes to do more than I like to, that I like to do the things I... And so we've like just dibbied up. Here are the things that I do at the house and for the house. Here are the things you do at the house and for the house. When it comes to problems, uh, I hate to break this to y'all, but y'all are going to have problems. It's just a universal guarantee. I'm not trying to bring us down, but y'all are going to have problems. And you get to look at problems one of two ways. Does one of you have a problem or is it the two of you against the problem? We've talked about the idea of it being the two of you against the problem in previous episodes, but it is a, it's just a completely different way of uh, experiencing life, of going through the things that inevitably are going to show up and try and throw you off course if you commit to tackling those problems in partnership. I want a partner. I, I, I'm going to go through some things that, yeah, I'm probably strong enough to get through, but it would take me more time if I did it by myself. It would pull me away from how I'd like to show up as a dad if I did it by myself. It would uh, maybe compromise my ability to lead my team if I did it by myself. It might 
compromise the way and frequency that we are able to make out on a date night if I do it by myself. I don't want to do it by myself, and neither does she. Right? We've committed that in this partnership, we're down together to in a bunker if it's necessary or at the top of a podium where we're taking a, a, a victory lap after a race run well. We're going to do these things together. Um, and one of those areas for me that honestly has been an evolving thing over time, we are in partnership in supporting each other's dreams. And I can say that uh, if you did not yet listen, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had an episode about what happens if your partner's dreams scare you. Uh, Rachel Hollis, audacious dreamer on like an everyday basis, had me as the practical, pragmatic human in this relationship frightened by what might happen, either if the dreams were attained or if the dreams weren't attained. Either way, I was still, I I was afraid of what might happen either in the changing nature of what having those dreams attained might mean to our relationship or how her processing the disappointment of having failed might leave her hurt. And um, I've, I've changed the way that I think about it. It doesn't mean that I'm still not a pragmatist. I think we're a great team in this partnership because of the way that we balance each other with pragmatism and being um, more creative or dreamer. But I'm at least complicit now in hearing and thinking about how taking those dreams from where they are to where they might be able to go um, can be a thing that we can do together, leveraging the strengths she has as a visionary and the strengths I have as being someone who's going to be concerned with the how instead of the what. All right. Respect, hero, praised, how you really feel, being accepted as you are, wanting to be found attractive, emotional intimacy, security, partnership. Y'all, I want to have some fun. I want to have some fun in this relationship. Let's go. We're doing this life. Life is full of things. Uh, good things and bad things, but let's be honest, life is moving fast that if we don't make having fun a thing that we focus on and want out of life, we're not going to find it. And life can get heavy and hard at times. It's those things you do as a couple that are fun that are going to let you battle through the, the, the harder things that end up getting thrown at you. We go on a date every single Thursday night. Every single stinking Thursday night, we go on a date. And the focal point, the focus of our dates on an almost every single time basis is how can we go out and have some fun? How can we break away from our work and our thousand kids and just go out and have a good time? Making each other laugh is one of the most important things that we do for each other and one of the things that we like most about our relationship. So um, if you are feeling a little overwhelmed by life, if you're feeling a little stuck in your relationship, do a quick diagnostic on how you're having fun. Is it on your calendar? Are there things that you're doing right now that you can say, yep, I get to look forward to that thing because that is fun and that is how life is going to be breathed into this relationship. All right. Uh, I have three more things. How many things could you possibly have, Dave? Dang it. Men want a lot of things. Like I said, this is my list of what I want. I'm not trying to be a proxy for all of mankind, but... 
once I get through with respect and being a hero and being praised, the path of less resistance, are you really going to read this list every time? You're darn right I am. Knowing how she really feels, being accepted as I am, wanting to be wanted, emotional intimacy, security, partnership, and fun. I want to have some time with my guys, with my friends. Got to have some boys time. Uh, I mean, I have to actually get friends first. But I like the idea conceptually of having friends. Uh, I'm joking. I want to go out and have some time to connect with other guys who in that environment can be uh, someone that can just hear a little bit of like what's happening in my life that sometimes can be uh, accountability partners for uh, something that I might be going through that can listen, frankly, to me complain a little bit every once in a while about what's happening with me and my lady. I love you, boo, uh, that can be there um, to be a break in the regularly scheduled scheduled programming that just might normally be, um, you know, become a little bit rote or routine, uh, getting out and having some fun with my friends. On the flip side, I also am super interested and really want, this is under still the heading of I, I want to have time with my friends, but man, I want Rachel to have time with her friends too. I want her to have hobbies. I want her to have passions. I want her to have things that she gets excited about going to do. Because in this weird way, uh, not that it should be a, I only get to go have time with my friends if you've had time with your friends kind of thing, but we're all human. There's a little bit of tallying up what's happening with my pursuit of friendships and her pursuit of friendships. And if the yoke there gets imbalanced, it becomes a little bit hard to feel like you can indulge in those friendships without a little tiny bit of guilt. So, I, yep, I want to go out and hang out with my guys. I want to have that time to get away, have some fun, connect, have accountability and, uh, you know, talk, talk a little bit about the things that are happening in my life in a context of um, different kinds of uh, judgment or no judgment whatsoever. Uh, but I also want that for Rachel. Uh, it's important that she's able to connect. It's important that she has a support system. It's important that she can go talk to those people. Uh, and it's important, frankly, to just maintain that balance so that it doesn't feel like um, either of us are ever taking advantage of um, going to do and pursue something that the other one isn't afforded the same opportunity for. All right. Two things left. Can you, are you still with me? Are y'all here? What is happening? Let's go. Come on. Stick with me. We're almost at the end. Dang it. I got a lot of wants. You want a lot of things, Dave. I know I do. Listen, I want to be respected. I want to be your hero. I want to be praised. I want a path of less resistance. I want to know how you really feel. Be accepted as I am. I want to be wanted. Emotional intimacy is important to me. I want to be in a secure relationship with a partner. I want to have some fun. I want to spend some time with my guys. And I want to spend some time with myself. Hello. Hello. Is this thing on? I need some space, y'all. I think I just broke the microphone. Apologies, Jack. Listen, everyone needs time to refuel individually. It is so important for you as an individual in a relationship to spend time by yourself. I need that time. You, if you're listening, if you're a human and not a cyborg that can recharge like a dang Tesla, you need time for yourself too. So 
I need that run in the morning. I need that opportunity to go and do that silly hobby that I like, that means something to me, right? I have been a collector of sports memorabilia for my entire life. I don't know why I keep lugging these boxes of baseball cards from place to place as we move across the dang country, but I, I get something out of the like mindlessness that is going through these old baseball cards. It probably doesn't make sense to most people. And I don't actually care because there's like a piece that I find when I can close a door in the office and just do that. Uh, whatever your version of baseball cards is, go do the dang thing. You need some time for yourself. Uh, what do men want? They want time for themselves. What do women want? They want time for themselves. What do people want? Time for themselves. What do cyborgs want? They want an AC adapter that they can plug into to recharge their batteries because they're not human, y'all. Come on. Last thing. And then we're done with what Dave Hollis wants. Thank goodness. My goodness. Uh, do I want to be respected? You know that I do. I've already said it many times. I want to be your hero. Check. Praised? You got it. Path of less resistance? Yes. Hopefully not every time, but sometimes. Do I want to know how you really feel? I do want to know this. Accept it as uh, I am? Yeah. I hope that you like exactly who I am because I'm a weirdo and I need someone who loves a weirdo right back. Do I want to be wanted? I do. Do I want to be wanted more than I'm interested in just having sex? Absolutely every single time. Do I want emotional intimacy? Of course, because I'm a human, not a cyborg. We have been through this. Am I interested in security? I am. Like social security? No. Like you want me to give you a loan? No. I'm saying I want trust, fidelity, commitment. That's what I want. Security. I want partnership. I want to do life with this human in every aspect of life. I want to have some fun. Let's go have some fun. I want time with my friends, and I want her to have time with her friends as well. I'd also like to have time for myself. Thank you very much. And the last thing is, I would like a partner who can help me show up for my life well. I want a partner that can afford me accountability with a healthy dose of grace. Uh, I, I have been the beneficiary of having as a partner in my life the most acclaimed motivational speaker on the planet, uh, an unbelievable communicator, someone who is a coach's coach, right? And so she has been able to draw out of me an accountability for living up to and believing sometimes in myself more than I would even have given myself credit for. But she's found a way to do it in a graceful way, in a way that doesn't make me feel terrible for not already being a better version of myself. That when I do make a, a step in a bad direction, is able to come alongside me and encourage me to make better choices rather than shame me or humiliate me into feeling like I have failed. And so um, that mix of accountability and grace, it's, it's an art. And, and here's the thing, we'll be married 15 years in about three weeks. Uh, it, it didn't happen immediately. 
and it doesn't happen immediately in almost any relationship. Um, are there still times when Rachel's attempt at accountability is met immediately with defensiveness? Like, yeah, every single time almost. Now, just because I'm asking for it or suggesting that I want it doesn't mean that I don't still have some wiring that has me trying to defend why I wasn't showing up as well for my life as she or the kids might have deserved. But she bringing it up is something that has, again, become just such a normal course of business and uh, is something that I have, in a reciprocal way, a responsibility to do for her. Uh, I know it feels sometimes like she's perfect, but y'all, she's not perfect. She is a human being. She's an awesome human being, but she makes as many mistakes as uh, all the rest of us. And finding a way for me to also come into uh, the conversation with her about how she could have potentially handled something differently in a way that is just covered in grace, in a way that doesn't make her feel hopefully shame or insecure, um, is the constant pursuit of someone who um, loves someone enough. When I have been asked, what was the greatest showcase of love that you have ever experienced for your wife, for your wife, from your wife? What is the greatest showcase of love that you've ever experienced from your wife? Every single time, I will point to the hardest conversations that we've ever had where she's called me to the carpet in a loving and graceful way. She cared enough for our relationship. She loved me enough to challenge me to show up for my life in the way that she knew that I could. And I'm, I am here today in what is the best shape of my life and what is the best mental shape of my life and what is, um, in so many ways, the best version that I've uh, maybe ever been as an adult because of her unrelenting willingness to hold me accountable in a super graceful way. Folks, what do men want, though? Dave, can you tell me? Dang it, have you been listening? I just told you, like, 180 things. I thought this podcast was going to go on forever. In some ways, it feels like it has. At least four of you feel that way. Leave your notes in the uh, inbox that we don't open. Uh, I am hoping, more than anything, that if uh, any of this is resonating with you as a listener that you'll have a conversation with your partners so that they understand the things that you want. If you don't tell somebody what you want, you're probably not going to get what you want. Um, and don't take these as gospel. I'm telling you what I want. The, the opportunity from here is to have an honest conversation about the things that really matter for you and uh, and set some intention around how you can create a relationship that recognizes the importance of those things in this pursuit of a better version of you as a couple. If you like this podcast, I hope that you will take a screenshot of this very screen that says Rise Together. Put it up on the old interwebs. Use the hashtag Rise Together Podcast and share it with all of humanity. Uh, also use the hashtag Let's Go because... 
Uh, I'm trying to really make it a, a saying that'll stick for decades, eons, ages, centuries. And it's going to start with you using it in the hashtag of this darn show. Uh, if you really like this show, would you consider subscribing to it? Uh, you get a notification every single time a new episode comes out. And subscriptions are a great way of uh, affecting the rankings of a show like this. Rankings are a lot of the ways that people who don't know who the heck we are actually end up stumbling into and listening to a show like this. If you really, really liked it, I mean, like, you really liked it, or if you just want to do me a super big favor, what does Dave want? He wants you to leave a review on iTunes. We'll see you next week on the Rise Together podcast.